Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hits. Now it's time to talk about what is happening on our streets here in Ireland. We keep hearing stories about antisocial behaviour all around the country It was reported in the news earlier that new figures show that there's been an increase in the number of tourists that are actually asking for help after being victims of crime here. The number that we heard was 782 people. They have so far received help from the Irish Tourist Assistance Service. There is definitely a perception that Ireland isn't as safe as it once was, not just here at home, but internationally. And there've been uh, calls to address this from politicians, business owners, locals. And today we have finally heard that action is going to be taken. Garda Management has promised to significantly increase the visibility in Dublin city centre, including by deploying armed officers, riot police, dog units. We've been told that 10 million euro is going to be used for overtime. This is going to deliver an extra 16,500 policing hours per month just in the Dublin city centre. Um, the policing plan is also going to see additional guardies stationed at trouble spots on the main thoroughfares in Dublin city, uh, city centre, like the Liffey Boardwalk. And we're also going to have uniformed guardies. Specialist use, units are going to be deployed. It's all about making sure that the visibility in our city centres, when it comes to Garda, there are more there. It's understood that the extra armed units are not all going to be on foot patrol and they're mainly going to be based in cars. Um, They're judged necessary to handle potential knife attacks, um, unlike regular uniform guardie, armed response units can carry taser devices and other less lethal weapons, so that's why they're going to be in the cars. Um, But then this got us thinking here at Nighttime Talks about the age-old question, should the guardie be armed in general? Things have started to change. I know when I have been in Dublin now for 16 years and when I first got here, I thought it was really strange that I saw the guardie walking the streets and I was just like, oh, my God, where are their guns? And I'm not talking about machine guns. I'm talking, you know, pistols. Because in Victoria, Melbourne, where I'm from in Australia, all police officers have guns. They carry guns with them. I did think it was odd at the start. But now when I go home to Australia, I actually go into shock when I see police walking around with um, guns. I don't know. I, I tend to feel safer when they don't have the guns. I'd love to hear what you think. Should our guardie be armed? 87 8 We have Philip on the line now. Philip, what do you think? Hi, Serena. How are things? Uh, nice to chat. Um, yeah, I think, um, well, unfortunately, it looks like they need them. But the reason they need them is because we have to get down to the kind of root cause of things. It's uh, because... They've lost um, the respect, I think, that they used to hold in Ireland. Um, and unfortunately now where the Garda was seen as sort of a sort of a community sort of member and they you know, keep a watchful eye over things, I think the Garda has sort of become removed from that um, as Dublin has become more metropolitan in its outlook and more sort of multicultural, dare I say it. So I, I think that there is kind of a two-pronged kind of problem here is that the Gardaí have to escalate in response to growing violence and a lack of respect. And as a result of that, then, the violence will have to match that and escalate further too. So, uh, you know, instead of um, saying, OK, we're trying to enforce hate speech laws, we look ridiculous, um, 
um, we're going to be arresting people for tweets they make online, which is going to happen when the hate speech bill comes in. And they're just throwing kind of uh, mud at a wall and hoping it sticks. So, OK, let's have guns. Let's have more Gardaí. When the, the root cause is um, a lack of respect for the Gardaí. Philip, do you think guns will, will bring in respect? Because I know there's been research that actually says where police officers are armed, it actually increases gun yeah. and knife violence. Yeah, well, well viol- violence begets violence, I always think. Mm-hmm. And you see, this is what's happening now is I, I feel like the Gardaí have to rule through fear. They, they, they can't be respected, so they have to rule through fear and intimidatory uh, practices. Um, now, there have been some concerned uh, citizens' protests in the likes of East Wall and Ballybrack. And if you see the videos from that, you'll see peaceful protesters being manhandled, thrown into vans. They're doing nothing wrong, in my view. They're just standing up for their communities. And now the next thing is they're bringing in hate speech laws and they're going to be arresting people for their tweets. So to me, that looks like, okay, and now they have guns. So it looks to me like they are trying to big themselves up as much as they can. And they just don't look good in the eyes of anyone, really. Sharon, what do you think? Hi, Serena. Hi, Sharon. I think, I think there just needs to be a lot more police presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just that you don't see them anywhere at the moment. So rather than just bringing in the, the guns, maybe tasers, you know, to, to get somebody under control. Yeah. But I think um, a strong police presence would probably be enough. There's too many mistakes with guns as well. I, I, don't, I don't think I'd be happy with that. What do you think about what Philip's saying about, you know, police have to rule with fear? Um, respect, I would say more. That's, uh, more that they need to know that they're, they're going to be held to account. You know, that they're going to be held to account. And that the laws change in that when they get to court, the the proper things apply. The, you know, the proper sentences, the proper... If I can um, add, you know, know. add to that as well, it's, it's exactly that. They, they get to court and they get a slap on the wrist and yeah, it's a bit of a absolutely. thrill. It's, it's, a, it's a badge of honour for these groats, you know? And, yeah. um, I, I mean, a man charged into a takeaway in Dundalk, it's barely been reported about in the news, he beat, beat the heads off of two women and danced on some young fella's head and he got out on bail. So he, he's just free to walk after this horrendous attack that's barely being reported on. So you're thinking, for both of you, Philip and Sharon, that, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily the guards. It's you're, you're going past that and going, OK, we really need to have proper sanctions. If you're going to court, there needs to be proper punishment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think we've, we, we've become way too, like, in a way, the guns are, the guns are sort of like a... Um, you know, an insecurity thing. They're not really going to do anything for crime and, and the guns are just kind of the illusion of law. What, what What's actually happening is we've gone too liberal. We don't have law. We have people getting, you know, jolly ups in prison for a month, if, if we're lucky, for horrendous attacks. Like, like what's going to happen to this guy who, who nearly killed that American tourist? I mean, he's going to get a, light, a light-handed sentence, like... So we, well, 
We've just had a text in here from Podrick Donegan and he's just said, um, I want to give my view in the all-island problem that the streets are gone nuts. Teens today know they will not get much charges against them as they are minors. My solution would be to lower the age to 15 and try as adults. Do you think that might help? Sharon? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're, you know, if you're... Adult, if you're adult enough to commit a crime at 15, you're adult enough to be charged. Yeah. And, and Philip, do you think if you saw police walking around with guns, would that scare you? Because as I said, like I was, when I first got here, I was just like, oh my gosh, how is it yeah. possible that they don't have guns? But now, Philip, when I go to countries and the police have guns, I'm actually a little bit frightened. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the guns thing as well, I completely agree. When I see a gun, I, I find it quite worrying. If I'm in a train station and say Piccadilly or something, because to me, the guns are for violent, seriously violent or unprovoked attacks, which translates to terrorism. So um, I, I think that, yeah, part of it is they're, they're kind of, it's sort of a preemptive approach to what's starting to happen in Ireland, which is these unprovoked random attacks. One happened on uh, Grafton Street the other day, mm-hmm. and they found a man with a, a, a knife caked in blood just sitting by a Lewis stop. And um, th- this is this is the thing, you know, the the gun. It's sort of again, it's it's the symbol that society has, the law and order has broken down. It's not law and order. It's the symbol that we don't have law and order anymore. And they need they need to basically big themselves up and you know show off basically, but. It's fooling nobody. So, and um, Sharon, yeah. are you feeling safe on streets? No, I wouldn't really feel safe. Uh, you know, Talbot Street, um, all that kind of side of town. But look, something happened on Grafton Street as well. Yeah. No, no. I think that uh, I've been on the Lewis a few times as well, and that has felt a little bit. Scary. I've been on the, the Lewis line and a lot of, you know, maybe young fellas have come along and I just instantly feel I've got to stay away. I've got to keep my eyes open. I've got to be alert, um, you know, but I wouldn't travel on the Lewis in the evening time now. I wouldn't I'd get a taxi. Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Hey, it's Serena in for Nile tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, um, listening in and also contributing to the chat. You know, if you want to get on air, all you need to do is WhatsApp us 087 188 0008 because we are talking about guards. We all know that antisocial behaviour around the country has increased. Um, there was a figure there that the Irish Tourist Assistance Service said that's um, it's not just locals, not that it makes it any better if it's locals, but you know what I mean. It's not just locals. Tourists are also becoming victims of crime. 782 people so far this year have actually received help from the Irish Tourist Assistance Service. So finally, People are starting to talk about this. Politicians, governments have said that, you know what, there will be an increased Garda presence, um, more Garda visibility is what we need on our streets. What we want to know, and this is something that's been debated for a very long time, is it time to arm our guards? Joseph joins me on the line now. Joseph, what do you think about that suggestion? Uh, No. Why not? Uh, Because, um, you see, there's an old saying that... uh, when, when the government fears the people, that's democracy. When the people fear the government, that's dictatorship. So, uh, 
only when the people are allowed to own the exact same guns as the guards, then uh, the guards can be armed. You see, because there's a greater plan here. Joseph, can I just stop you there for a sec? Are you on speakerphone? Because there's just a bit of a buzz coming through your phone. Oh, yeah, sorry. Can you hear me a bit better now? Um, try again. <laughs> yeah, can you hear me a bit better now? No, what we might do is I'm going to call you back. Is that okay, Joseph? Yeah, well, no yeah thanks. Margaret, you're joining me on the line now. What do you think? Would you feel safer if the guards were armed? Um, yes, I would, because people are carrying knives as well, you see. And, you know, I don't go into Dublin anyway, so, uh, because I'm afraid of me living life, you know. And, I mean, Dublin's getting uh, uh, very dangerous. Even during the daytime, Margaret, would you be afraid to go into Dublin? I would, yeah, I would. The only reason why I had to go into Dublin is because I had cancer. So I I'm had sorry to, to hear that. that. I'm grand now, you know. I, as I say, it was a glitch in the, in the, in the road. Yeah. And it's mended now, you know. I'm over it. Yeah. But, you know, I had to get the Lewis from Connolly up to St. James's Hospital, you know. And um, I was afraid. Afraid of my living life. I thought, when I got on the, on the Lewis, I thought I'd never get to St. James's. And then when I was coming home, out of the hospital, uh, young lads were getting on their attribution station and they're roaring and shouting and they're digging one another and then they're staring at you, you know. And you'd look at them and then you'd kind of look out the window and the next thing you'd hear one of them saying, what was the hell one looking at, you know? It's very intimidating, isn't it, Margaret? Uh, you know, it's just rudeness. There's no... I don't know what way young people are rare today. There's no common courtesy or respect or dignity. Yeah. And they obviously don't have any respect for themselves. So how can they have respect for others around them? And my mother, God rest her soul, always said, you show respect to people at all times mm-hmm. and have greater respect for your elders. Do, do, you, you, know? do you think, though, Margaret, if there was, like, we don't need the police armed, the guards armed, do you think if there was just more visibility, like if they were on yes. the Lewis... That might make a difference. Well, you see, the thing is, and the big problem I have is because there are less and less more people willing to go into Angardashir Corner because of, look what they have to put up with. Look at the verbal abuse that Angardashir Corner has to put up with it every day of their lives, every day they go into work, and they're out doing their work for the greater good of, the, of, of us the citizens of this country. And all of they have is a few things to protect themselves. They should have the, the body cams on them. They should have the, the, the tasers. They should have the sprays. I'm not necessarily saying that they should be carrying a, a gun. Mm-hmm. But you look at the amount of people that have been assaulted. Some have died from their injuries in Dublin City. Yeah, you know, Tommy, and they're, sorry, they're, they're talking about um, the Garda Commissioner. Uh, uh, you don't hear him coming out and making any statements. You hear the minister going on. She hasn't a clue. God bless her. Well, um, I you know. 
Well, I'm just going to... where are they getting all these extra Gardaí from? Are they going to traffic them in from other Garda stations? Leaving us in, in, in different areas around uh, in County Dublin, well, well, north, south or east or west of Dublin. Hopefully... Uh, more vulnerable. Hopefully Margaret will actually have um, uh, more recruited. But I'm just going to bring Tommy into this conversation because, Tommy, you don't agree. You think the Gardaí should not be armed. No, I, 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 I think that you have a situation now where you have the armed response unit. Yeah. And that's fine if, if, if guns or knives or something like that are produced in, in the course of robbery or whatever, that they are available. And that has always sort of been the way. Mm-hmm. But the history of Angara de Chacon is, is that in 1923, at the end of the Civil War, when the, the, the IRA dumped their weapons, um, that it was decided that we should have an unarmed police force to try and bring a bit of peace to the country because it had gone through a period of, of revolution and all the rest of it and great upheaval and, and armed gangs running around and all the rest. So that has been the way. The, the problem with the city centre, however, is is that you have feral youths running around in it. There's no consequence for them. So until you actually come to a point where you say, like, for example, in Iceland, um, they don't allow the youths out after a certain time in the evening. But you will find here that a lot of these young people that are running around the place, um, they, they're not in school. They're receiving social welfare. And, you know, they, they feel that they're free. And in actual fact, they are because there's no recriminations to, 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 for their actions. So until that situation is, 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 uh, is, is put to right, you're going to have this problem. That they feel that they can do anything. And of course then they congregate in gangs, they carry knives, and they're dangerous. So again, so, it's, it's the punishment needs to fit the crime. It, it, it's not just punishment. There has to be a sense of justice to things, you know? Mm-hmm. That if, for example these young people that attacked these English tourists last week, there'll be no, you know, it, it, it's it's uh, the revolving door system, in one door, out the other, no recrimination whatsoever, you know, pat the back, get on with your life. Yeah. So, and, and these young people, especially young people that are not in school, that are receiving social welfare, and, you know, it's, it's very likely that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Although so that's that a massive generalisation, so that's not always the case. No, it's not always the case, no. and I'm, I'm sure in some cases it isn't as well. Mm-hmm. But you will find that if they're not going to school, if they're hanging around the streets, if they're in the city centre, how did they get there? They come in on the bus or the rail or whatever. So it should be a case of where there are certain hours, possibly daylight hours or something like that, that should be put into place that young people shouldn't be running around in the city centre. Tonight we have been talking about the guards because it was reported today that there is going to be a boost in the guards' budget. €10 million is going to be used for overtime to deliver an extra 16,500 policing hours per month in Dublin City Council. And tonight we've been asking... Do you think our guards should be armed? Joining me on the line now is Jessica. Jessica, what do you think? Uh, it's it's been long overdue, and with the way things are going on now, like what other option is left? There is no other option because 
with the with the nicest language I can use, it's the tow rags now that are running the streets. Like I, I wouldn't even go into town anymore, daylight or night time. I, I wouldn't go near it. Do you think that they would be afraid if the guards had guns? Do you think that would really make a difference or do you think that would actually escalate matters? Well, no, like, I, I'd like to think that like, if they seen the guards with their guns, they probably would get a little bit of a bit of a fright and put the fear of God into them to, make, like, to give them the message, no, we're not messing about anymore. You know, I, that way. And Jessica, are you really afraid to go into the city centre? Yeah, like I, like I, I wouldn't even like me and my girlfriend used to go into town all the time, but mm-hmm. now I wouldn't even do that now. Just so I, I don't paint myself as a target for scumbags. Do you know they're like about two? I think maximum two years ago, I would have no problem like holding her hand and whatever. But now, like I literally will, I, I'll try and act as if we're just friends. Just yeah. For the fact that I don't want her or me getting beaten and ended up in a hospital bed. That's frightening, uh, Jessica. What? How, how do you think things can be different in the city centre without arming guards? Do you think more visibility is needed? Because that's one thing. You know, there I, definitely needs to be more. There definitely needs to be more guards on the scene anyway. But if they yeah. can't get the recruitment, the only other thing I could think of would be even getting even getting the army in, recruiting people from the army, and saying, "Look, we're going to need to do some of the police work as well." Because there there needs to be some sort of clamp down on the on the people who are making the city a cesspit of crime. What do you think about that, David? Um, well, it's Dermot, but um, oh, sorry, uh, Dermot. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's understandable. Um, no, the we did have a solution in the past, which is every garda is accompanied by two uh, people from the army who are trained properly in uh, how to use guns. Because guards, if you hand guards guns without proper training, there's going to be a load of accidents, a load of, I mean, it's very, I mean, there was one New York cop and he shot four people on the street trying to shoot one guy. So it's very easy if you're not properly trained to shoot other people by accident. So the, and the, and the, and the Irish government is notorious for not supplying the correct training. So I would say, Yes, if you can train the guards properly, then yes, for guns. But if you're going to do the gun bean trick of just hand them guns, well, then no. What you do is you get the army out in the street and every guard is accompanied by two armed gar- um, soldiers. Is that not more frightening? Like, Jessica... Well, you- no, I lived in Switzerland and every soldier, no matter where he goes, on a bicycle, on a train, everywhere, has his machine gun with him and... If there's an incident anywhere, he's there on the spot to sort it out. And it's the safest country I was ever in, and that's the model we should have. But the Irish government is scared. I can't use the word on air. Thank you. That the (laughs) army would shoot them because they're so corrupt. It wouldn't surprise me. You see, when we made the Irish army, we gave them eight strings on their buttons. That gives them the right to use lethal force to save, uh, to protect the Irish people. But is that the Garda not... has six strings on their buttons, which means they're supposed to be unarmed. But just, I, I'm just going to bring Jessica into this conversation for a sec, because Jessica, you were yeah. saying you feel um, unsafe on the streets. And I, I can understand that because, you know, as a female, I feel feel the same and, you know, tonight I'm going to leave this office and I've parked across the road and I will walk with my, you know, and I don't know what a difference this makes, I will have the keys between my fingers and I will run to my car. 
because, you know, that that two, that 30-second walk, I'm, I'm scared. But I think if I saw army uh, soldiers on the street, that would make me more afraid. How would that make you feel, Jessica? Well, I, I think I actually would feel a lot safer because the way I see it is I'm not someone who goes out and does criminal behaviour or mm-hmm. antisocial behaviour. So I, I would have no reason for them for me to feel worried that they would turn around and say something to me or try and take a shot at me. I feel like if you if you are someone who partakes in that kind of activity, then yeah, you would be a bit afraid. But it, I mean, it's different for everyone because like, it would be intimidating. But I feel like for me, it would just make me feel a lot safer. Do you think, though, like for me, it would be intimidating because it wouldn't be, you know, you'll be safe because you are not um, partaking in, in criminal behaviour. But it's the it's the interaction with other people that you might end up in the line of fire by accident. Does that ever scare you? Like if we talk about getting to these levels, like, you know, I, I thought it was scary enough talking about arming the police with guns, but when we talk about bringing in the army... Well, no, because that's where I feel like that's where we're heading. Because, like I said, like the city, the the Dublin city centre has gone to the dogs. It's gone to the rats. It's gone to the absolute lowest of society. They've ruined it. I would. I'm very surprised that we even still have tourists. Because I'm surprised tourists aren't saying to themselves, "I'm not going to Dublin and risking getting ended up in the hospital bed or near enough to death." So they're like, the army does seem. Almost like the best case scenario. If we can't get, if we can't arm the guards, even with a taser or something, then what what else are you meant to do? Because we can't just ignore it and let let it get get worse. If they see more police, it's not going to do anything unless the police have a way of physically dealing with it. What do you think? There was a suggestion made by other callers that you know we need to go, you know, past the police and go to the bit where people are being arrested, are being brought to court, and then the punishment is actually a deterrent. Well, yeah, that as well. Like, it's the whole the whole system needs overhauling because the most time, most of the time, these people either come in and the most they'll get is a slap on the wrist. And, like, a slap on the wrist for putting someone in the hospital bed does not seem like a fair punishment to me. I feel if you cause serious injury to someone, you should be put away for a very long time because, in my eyes, you are a menace and a danger to society. Yeah, you were saying that you um, you feel you feel fearful coming into Dublin city centre. Are you as fearful walking around in your own suburb, your own town? Uh, well, like my own town, not so much, but definitely, definitely the city centre would just be too much for me. I just feel like I'd be, I, I feel like I'd be walking around with a big bullseye on my back, especially if I went in with the other half. Yeah. I feel like the, the two of us, it, w- it would just be, be bringing crap on our own doorstep in a way. I don't know. I, I don't know what. Yeah. Like that, like that's no, that's no way for anyone to live, and especially no. like you said, with walking, walking, even just leaving the job with like keys in your hand. No man, woman, or child should have to live like that and live in fear. And we should be able to go into our own city centre without having to worry about tow rags and scumbags and all this kind of stuff. But that's not. That's just not happening at the moment and something does need to change. Yeah. Um, Jessica, I really hope it does. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Do you agree with uh, Jessica? Should our guards be armed? Um, Should should they not? Is it just that we need more visibility on our streets? Is that that what's missing? And, you know, we have heard a lot of people saying, 
it goes it goes past the guards and it actually goes to our legal system, our justice system. When there is no justice or no punishment fitting the crime, then people aren't deterred. Joe, Joe, you're saying you, you're afraid they may lose control. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, good evening again, and uh, it's very nice to talk to you, um, Sabrina. It's the first time uh, I must welcome, welcome you to uh, Ireland's classic hits. You're in, as I say, you're, you're in a, you're, you're filling in for a legend there, and I hope. Uh, I was going to say, it's, the experience. it's a big seat to fill. I don't think uh, well, I will be living up to his standards, but thank you for welcoming uh, but you're me. Not at all. You should look. You're, 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 you're doing the job. That's the most important thing. Thanks, Joe. Um, <laughs> um, I would be concerned in certain ways because in this country, the Gardaí uh, in the last number of years don't have the cop on to deal with um, emergencies. You saw there during COVID when certain people were terrorised by certain members of the Gardaí, you know, mm-hmm. where, in the line of the mask wearing situation and the uh, so on like that. Now, I think there was an awful lot of knee-jerk reactions were done with COVID at the time, you know, um and I think it just didn't work out. And I think I'd be afraid that this time this could turn into a sort of North Korean style situation where uh, where you'd be giving the bad guys the, the kind of this, the, the, the victory over the Gaudi. You know, you'd be making them turn, you'd turn them into folk heroes. And if this kind of carry on was to happen, I think it would leave a lot of a very sour taste in the mouth. And our government, like, it's kind of like, you know, our government have lost control. Like, I, I, I'm not going to disagree. We have a problem with crime in this country. This has been going on now for the last 40 odd years. This has not happened overnight. This has been happening since the late 1970s. And it's got worse over the last, probably the last 25, 30 years, probably in the last, probably all in, in the onset of organized criminal gangs like the Kinahins and them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is is that now we're in a situation where the Gardaí are not able to take on the responsibility of dealing with major criminals because I do remember, and you probably would have heard of a famous Gardaí in this country, Lux Brannigan. He was probably one of the most fearsome police officers ever in the history of our state. Like, this guy was a, a, a maverick. He would, he would dare to live in... Daylight out of a person if they were causing trouble. But that's not that's not what we want from our guardee, is it, Joe? We we don't want our guardee actually turning into vigilantes. We want to feel safe. And Mick, I'm just going to bring you into this conversation. You're saying they should be armed. I think so. Yeah, I think things have to change. Training has to change. And as I said, it's not just Dublin; it's all over the country. Um, it's only a matter of time for something big is going to happen. Galway, Longford, Mayo, and there's no point closing the gate and the horse is gone. Things should happen now. All good Gardaí needs to be trained with guns, with tasers, from now on. New training. We need a new type of Gardaí out in the street. So that was the thing, because, Joe, you're saying, you know, you're afraid that they'll lose control, but with proper training. Yeah, but, like, hold on a sec now. I, I understand where that gentleman is coming from. But unfortunately, in this country, we don't have the balls to do proper training because you've seen it over the years. Anything that we have done with anything, it just turns into a total disaster. And that's what I'd be afraid of, that our Gardaí would have had the maturity to deal with this. You know? Well, it's not wrong. Uh, is people are afraid. Like, you want to... Well, of course they're afraid. You have like, to do it. You, you have, have to do it, right? somebody around with a gun... 
sorry, no, I don't really have uh, having a go at you, but I'm just saying, if a copper came up to you, they really, like, I'd be afraid this team could co- turn into a sort of a TJ Hooker style situation where you see mass gunfire going off. Like, you know what? I feel like you have to be concerned about it. Yeah, but you have to be concerned about it too because this is, um, this is a situation like where if it goes badly wrong, the government are going to face a fierce backlash and the Irish people won't take it. I can tell you this much. Because the majority of Irish people now in this country don't trust the government, they don't trust the police force, they don't trust the authority. And would you blame them given the fact that they've ran roughshod over people over the years? Like there was a woman in Cork um, who's still in jail for not wearing a mask. Now, how, do- how dopey is that? เดี๋ยวเรื่องที่ออกไปรอเอ่อเดี๋ยวไอ้เมื่อเรื่องรอแต่ก็มันได้เกสอะไรทั้งหลายรอแล้วก็เกสอะไรทั้งหลายแล้
and are challenging law and order with an unshakable sense of entitlement. As taxpayers and some of the most extensively taxed taxpayers in Europe, if not the world, we are not getting our money's worth when it comes to law and order in society. The government is where the change should begin and it's shameful how silent politicians have been across all the parties on this issue. The majority of people work hard, pay their taxes and deserve a safe and secure society, especially when they pay so much for it. And just to add, I feel that the Gardaí are so restricted because they are at risk of sanctions, etc., for simply doing their job. They've been calling for body cams for years and senior management haven't listened. Even a small change like that will allow them to do their job without fear of repercussions or reprimand. There was a lot in that. What do you think of that, Mick? Look, it's like it's like putting a book in front of you and closing your eyes and open a page. The argument, the argument can start from there. There's so many, there's so many arguments about this government training um, repercussions. Um, so much. I look. I think talking has to stop and it has to start. Gary has to be trained, trained different, not yeah. better. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it better. Just trained different. Let them be armed. Let them. Let them use their power. That that I have, and 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 no comeback as as this for little things and and, and you know spending spending a couple of weeks doing the case and then throwing out throwing out for one little thing like judges everything all has to all has to open their eyes and just see things it has to be harder harder sentences. Yeah, and and do you think there should be more like okay that you're right? It is like opening a. Opening a book and going, okay, where where do we start? Um, exactly. But do you think you know if there's more services for it? You know, a lot of people are complaining about, and it's not all young people. So I just want to put this out there: it is not all young people, but they are complaining about you know the gangs of young people who are walking around because there's nothing for them to do. So you know, do, do we need to have more facilities, more services for young people? When I was growing up, there was nothing much to do, and we didn't grow and beating people and stabbing people. But you were you know, kept busy, it, I'd say. Like, were you kept busy? <laughs> Working, yeah. Yeah. What were you I, doing? What were you made to do? Spuds, bales, tore bog. My summer holidays was the bog. No, but that's, but I was just having a, having a laugh. But yeah. what I'm saying is, Mammy and Daddy has to step in too. Mammy and Daddy can't be letting their kids out 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard your, one of your cars on about this before. And, and that's the truth. That's, 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 the, that's the foundation of it too. These can't be out. And even, as I was saying before, a curfew on, on just say, even at the start of 13-year-olds being in bed at 8 o'clock or being be home at least at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Just something has to start like that. Yeah. Um, Anthony joins us and Anthony says, no more guns, just more guards. You there, Anthony? Hello. Hi. So you're saying no more guns, but we should have more guards. Hello, for Rob Mines. I'm walking Rob Mines. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point I made earlier, um, there's no need for the army. There's no need for, for armed guardy. There's no need to spend 10 million of our money, throw more money away, as if it's monopoly money. All we need is guardy on the streets. Some but that, guardy. that costs money. There's no guardy on the streets. Yeah. There are guardy, they exist. Are employed thousands, but where are they? From my experience in Dublin City Centre for years, not as much recently. So have more, you... often, more often than not, you wouldn't pass by one guard in O'Connell Street or Parnell Street. So what I'm saying is, 
I think you, you used the phrase later on as well, um, or a version of it, uh, visual deterrent. Yeah. There's no guarding on the streets. It's not a case of do we need more. It's a case of we need some. Yeah. We don't need thousands. We don't need to spend millions. We just need some guardy. I was mugged there a few years ago in town, and there was no guardy on the street I was mugged on. And down the road on the way home from my lovely experience, I passed by four guardy together. And I wasn't impressed. I didn't get annoyed with them. I just said, listen, why aren't you broken up into two twos? Yeah. Two on that street, two on that street. Why is the four of you together? It's just mistakes left out the centre. Yeah. Well, Deidre's on the line and Deidre, you're saying, oh, Deidre, is your, is your radio one in the background? I might get you to turn down your radio, Deidre, so we can have a chat to you. Turn down. How are you, Serena? No bother. Oh, there you are. Um, you're doing a great. You're doing a great job as usual. Oh, thank you very much. Um, how you're do very, you? I'm. I'm grand. I'm. I'm. I live in Kells in County Mead now, Serena, and like I always, I always go in and out to Dublin, but I am not. I. I haven't been since all this uh, carry on that's going on above in Dublin. It's just terrible. They're, they're just going to have to bring the guards in. They've no other choice. To do it, you know. I mean, it's 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 an awful serious affair that tourists can't come in. I mean, I often, like, I often come into Dublin. and I walked up that way. There was it's a good while ago. It must be. I had my hip done. I had the second hip done there, and I was went up to Dublin. Yeah. A couple of weeks or something after that, and I walked up by that where that poor fella tourist was attacked from America, mm-hmm. and near enough to Store Street Garda Station. I would never. I said that's it. I would never. Going to, into Dublin again afterwards, and I seen it on the news. Says, "Oh my God!" I just said that could have been me. Well, so it's that just, it's just terrible. Like I mean, I and I always went into Dublin. Now I did go into Dublin because I went into I went into Conley Station. I went to the flat. Yeah. Into the far as Conley Station, and that's as far as I went, and got the got the train train down and got the train back up to Dublin and back home to Gels in County Mead because it's just it's just it's just terrible that so, that you can't go in anywhere. So you would and, you would regularly frequent um, Dublin. You'd come in, as you said, from County Meath um, into Dublin and have a day out. And now, just by what's going on, there's not enough guard of visibility. You won't come in anymore. I won't come in now. Maybe now, maybe when if the guards are on the street, maybe we might be we might be safe. Maybe, but at the minute, I just won't. I am just terrified of going into Dublin because as I'm on a crutch, I had my hip done, and I'm going around in a crutch. And yeah. I'd be, I'd be a big target there. So I was, and just as terrible because I always loved going into Dublin. Yeah. Well, you can, know. can I just bring bring John into this? Um, John, you, you've heard um, our caller there uh, saying he's he's scared to come into Dublin, but you don't think uh, guns are the answers? No. Um, I'm, I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm in my sixties now, but I remember guards in the in the nineteen sixties and nineteen seventies. They didn't have guns. But what they had was respect. Mm-hmm. If you uh, even looked crooked at them, they'd take care of you. But they got support. You can't. All you can give all the guards and go. All the guards in Dublin guns tomorrow. But they can't shoot. They can't go down the keys and just shoot everyone. That you know, a gun is only on the. It's a last resort. It's for if somebody else pulls a gun on the guards. Yeah. The guards need support from the judicial system. They need support. They need, they need better prisons. 
if a person needs to know that if they get caught, they're going to do time. And if they abuse a girl in Spain, in Portugal, in if you won't you won't give girl the back cheek because or a policeman because they'll pull you in and they'll beat the crap out of you. Same but, in the sixties. But you know? But John, that's not the answer either. Like we don't, we don't want a police force that I said this before that turning to vigilantes and just beat no, we people. No, we don't want that either. So how do but we get respect? Because you're right. I think some sort of respect we has need gone. Some sort of respect. So the people need to know that if they're going to do that if they if they don't respect the guards, that if they're arrested, they're going to get. They're not just going to get let off the next morning and sent home. There needs to be. There needs to be a result for their actions. They need to be either put in prison for a long time or they need maybe to be fined, maybe their social welfare cut. It needs to be pain. There needs to be... They need to say to themselves, well, if I mess around anymore, I'm really going to... It's not going to be a good outcome. You know? The Irish society needs to... I think the guards have lost respect. I need... I think they need to regain that respect. You know, they're our, I suppose, they're, they're our protectors. Mm-hmm. And they just don't protect us. They protect the scumbags as well because they break up bites and a lot of the times they save lives and lads that sometimes you wonder should they save their lives because they're, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And- they're, they're there for everybody, you know. And do you feel safe? Our caller there was saying he doesn't feel safe. On, on the streets anymore. Like, it won't come down from Meath no, for a day out. Well, you don't see Gardy as much as you do. There's, there's not enough of them. Do they need to be trained? Uh, if you had more uniforms, I don't know, if you had if you had the main guard of the force and then you had a part-time force for the weekends, or, I don't know the answer. But they all need to sit down. I think the government needs to sit down and I think the judicial system needs to sit down and look at the whole thing and say, right, all right, we haven't got enough Gardaí, but can we have part-time Gardaí on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night? Yeah. Or what can we do? They have to think outside the box, you know, and pick certain areas and just clean it up and get everybody involved until we get Dublin. And I suppose it's, it's happening everywhere. It's all over the country. I know at the moment the news is focusing on stuff happening in, in Dublin, but it is the crime has gone up and antisocial behaviour has gone up all over the country. Yeah, and the, the people don't seem to have respect for the guards. A lot of people seem to think that they can abuse them and shout at them and scream at them, but they they should they don't realise that them guards might be saving their lives next week. You know? Yeah, yeah. They could be shouting at them this week and calling them pigs and calling them names, but next week them guards might jump into a canal to pull them out. You know, yeah. after stuff. You know. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you though. I I think that it but is guns. Go on. Guns are not an answer to. Or I shoot guns all my life. I've been shooting guns since the 1960s. You can't. Guns are there. Oh, granted, scares has to have guns for certain situations. But walking down Connell Street with a gun beside you, it's not going to. You can't just pull it out and say, "Hey, good luck," and shoot a person like you know. It has to be. I don't think it's guns is the answer. I think you're right, and a lot of people have been saying this as well, that, you know, it, it's not... We're putting a lot of pressure on the police, on the guards here. 
It's mm. not just the guards. It's all the departments working together because the guards can be out there. They could be arresting these people. But then they they bring them to the judicial service and the the, the um, punishment may not fit the crime. Is that what you're saying, yeah. Joe? Uh, myself? Yes, Joe. What, what do you think? Do you think guns? What, what are you thinking? Is it? I mean, like, I feel like the whole problem at the moment is that there's not enough opportunity for young people, and they're resorting to crime and turn to crime. Well, I mean, like, the guns just seem like a band aid solution to a bigger problem. Yeah, that crime is increasing, but I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't seem right to be for guards to be walking down the street with guns. So, so what should we do? I mean, that 10 million that the guards are getting, I think it'd be better going back into education or going into the health system or anything but 10 million worth of guns if it's going into guns, you know? Yeah. A gun doesn't do anything but maim or kill people. So, like, hey, there's no other function for a gun. That's the scary thing because I was saying, I've read the research where, you know, they've they've seen countries where the guards are armed and they've seen country where their police force isn't armed. And... They tend to find that when there are armed police officers, the incidence of, you know, the use of the gun, the more violent of a crime, the more violent of an incident actually goes up. Absolutely. It seems like a roundabout problem, like a wicked problem in a vicious circle of it that, you know, either mass with numbers or firepower. So if criminals are faced with Gardy with more firepower, then, you know, they're just going to get bigger guns, really. Yeah. And what do you think? I remember when I first got here as well, you know, I remember looking around and going, oh, my gosh, there's only one guard policing the streets. And, you know, in Australia, there is no way they'd allow a police officer to go out on their own. There'd be at least two people in on on the beach, you know, walking around and stuff. What do you think of having more than one? Because here, when I remember when I brought that up with a friend, and they were like, "Oh, you know, when there's more than one, it can feel intimidating for people." But I don't think that's safe for the guards either. You know, should there be more guards walking together? Yeah, like I mean, like I live in Limerick City, mm-hmm. and any time that I've seen guards, like, I, I don't think I've seen a guard by themselves in Limerick City. Yeah. Um. But well, I mean, like, yet again, the same same situation. If there's 10 young fellas that are looking for trouble and one guard, like, they're outnumbered by, yeah, like, 10 to 1. Like, how are they going to stand a chance of getting any sort of a grip on the situation if they're, if they're outmanned? Like, it's, uh, I mean, if the guards are having trouble keeping people and even getting people in, like, I mean, sure... That's a bigger problem in itself. Like, I think that would be a better solution than having guards with guns because, I mean, that can only lead to more trouble if there's... If someone, the first person to get shot by a guard in Ireland, it'd be a, it'd be a pretty sad day, I think. I agree. Um, but I agree with you on visibility. I think that's important. Um, I'm going to tell you this story that I've been grappling with for a while. I don't know if I did the right thing. I'd love to hear your um, outlook on this. Um, Joe, I was on I was on Grafton Street. I was there with my husband, my best friend, and my two kids, and we're watching. You know, Grafton Street can be lovely on a Saturday afternoon. A whole heap of buskers on the street, and we stopped to watch one busker. And as she was busking, a guy was standing next to her, and he wasn't um, he he wasn't touching her or anything. But you know, 
she was feeling intim- intimidated by it. And I was looking around to see if I could see any guards. There were no guards in place. So after about five minutes, I was looking and just went, I can't do this anymore. She's very uncomfortable. I went up to him and I asked him to move. Now, that didn't go down well. And I didn't yell. I didn't scream. But he started screaming and yelling at me and telling me where to go in not so many nice words. And mm. he finally moved after I. he said, oh, you know, she doesn't mind that I'm next to her. And I was like, do you? And she's like, yes, can you please watch from afar? But then he started effing and blinding. And I was scared. But there were no guards. What should I have done in that case, Joe? Should I have just stood back and watched it happen? Would I have, did I escalate the matter? Like, I, I, what do we do? So there I, were I no guards. I, yeah, like, I think you did the right thing. And it, it'd, be a, it'd be a shame if someone doing the right thing got in harm's way because there was no guards there to be able to sort out the situation. But, like, you know, if there's guards in every single corner or even other callers saying that they want the army in there, like, it sounds a bit, um, sounds a bit grim if there's, police on every single corner yeah. and it's almost like a police state or a military state that were you know it just it, I feel like by them having guns I mean like you did the right thing and in fairness like there should have been other people there as well that also stepped in and saw that if he was giving you bother that there was one lady and I understand why the men didn't come forward this sounds very sexist but I do yeah. think had a man man step forward that would have escalated Oh, right? absolutely. So absolutely, yeah. Another lady stepped forward and, you know, we were both there and he eventually left. I have to say the busker was shaken. I was shaken after it. I made sure I was supposed to be walking in his direction. I walked in the complete opposite direction. As I said, I was there with my kids as well. So I didn't want – it was a really awkward one because I didn't want my kids yeah. to think that when you see someone in who, who looks like they're, they're uncomfortable that you don't step in and help. But at the same time – you don't want them to step in and help if it means that the person is going to be put in harm's way and you could be put in harm's way. But if there were police, that would never have happened because I just would have gone up to the guards and said, could you handle this? Yeah, yeah, sort this out. Or if they were doing their job, they would have just been seeing that there was a commotion and jumping in straight away. So if there were more guards visible, you know, maybe your man wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have piped up or wouldn't have been causing other people hassle. But, I mean, yeah, it's a... It's a what do you do? Yeah. What I'm, do you do, really? Because, like, if, I mean, if people are walking around with guns, if guards are walking around with guns, then, like, it just seems like it's ever edging ever closer to a situation like America where, you know, there's guns everywhere and people are getting shot all the time. And, well, see, you know, it's just. In Australia, yeah. our police have guns. And that doesn't really, it, it's very rare. I'm not going to say it's never happened, but it is very mm. rare. It does happen, but it is very rare that it happens. But it is strange, I said this at the top of this uh, conversation, that when I first got here, I felt more protected when I saw a police officer with a gun. Now, I would never have thought I would have said, I actually feel more protected when the police officer isn't yeah, carrying a gun. 100%. Because, like, I mean, I lived in Australia for over a decade. Oh, where I were mean, you? Uh, Brisbane. Oh, nice. Nice and hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, you know, there's something, if you get pulled over by a guard... And you see the guard there and you talk to him and you're polite, you use your manners, you're not, you be reasonable, don't give them grief. Like most of the time, I don't think a guard is going to give you any grief back. But no. I mean, when you get pulled over by a police officer in Australia and there's a gun and a taser like less than a metre away from your face when they're at hip level, it's definitely an intimidating sight that, you know, if they had a screw loose, they could literally kill you there on the spot. I mean, yeah. that's the... 
Now, yeah. um, in fairness, I have to say, like, there, you're dead right. Like, there wasn't a lot of instances in which guards or police officers, sorry, over in Australia. There's proper training, though. Like, you know, if, if we training, are talking yeah. about arming guards, there needs to be proper training. I have to ask you, you were in Australia for 10 years. What brought you home? There's no place like home. <laughs> Even after 10 years? Yeah, I mean, like, Ireland's great. You don't live here for the great public transport health system, <laughs> but the crack is fucking unreal, so. It is mighty. Well, keep enjoying that crack, John. Um, joining me on the line now is Dave. What do you think about this? Should our guardie be armed? Um, no, I think it's a really bad idea, to be quite honest with you. Why? Um, well, because we've had incidents uh, in the very recent past where guards have accidentally let off their firearms and shot people. So I, I can think of the video I saw before where a guard was arguing with a guy by a van. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a detective. He was you know, licensed to carry, I suppose. Uh, the gun was in his hand. Next thing you know, he shot a guy in the foot. You know? And, like, I'm sorry now, no offence or anything, but I would not feel comfortable if Tyg from Tubber Curry is suddenly running around rural Ireland armed with... Uh, uh, superiority complex because we've we've all met the guards we've all met guards who walk around thinking just because they're guards they're the dog's bollocks and the thoughts that of handing every one of them a firearm genuinely unsettles me but Dave do you not think that everyone who goes through that uh, you know goes through the process to become a guard and especially if there's um, weapons <sighs> involved there will be proper training there will also be proper oh, mental no, health for, you know no for sure I do like I I know just a local guard of mine, he was part of the armed response unit and they are incredibly well trained. But the idea that if we're going to start arming our guards and we're going to arm nearly every guard out there, that each and every one of them is going to get that same level of training, I, just, I can't see it. I mean, we can't even pay him a decent wage at the moment. And we're talking about hands and firearms. Yeah, I, do, I, I, I seriously don't believe that if we do go down the armed, you know, the armed guardie route, that they're just going to go, oh, do you know what? Let's let's just do it. Let's just give everyone a gun. No, let's, I, 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 there will be proper training because the repercussions and, are huge. Yeah, but here's the thing. But we don't really have like a gun culture in Ireland. You know what I mean? And they, I'll give you a perfect example. Mm-hmm. I was at a, um, <clears throat> I was at a vintage rally before, and there was guards there. They had the boot open. They did the Heckler and Koch submachine guns out there. You know, showing everybody their firearms. Mm-hmm. They had a fully loaded clip in the foam. In the boot with uh, with the uh, with the submachine gun, they didn't have the little gadget that you put into the chamber that stops you from chambering around. And one of the guards had his back turned and he was talking to somebody. If you would have wanted, you could have put your hand in, taken out the gun, loaded the clip, and started popping off rounds. And we're we're talking about arming these people. Like I I have nothing against having a couple of guards in all the big um, uh, guard stations and having them armed or have them armed in areas where there are high crime. But I can guarantee you, if we start arming it, you're going to hear about stuff happening in, like, all over the country. Accidents, like, will go through the roof. I mean, I think in the history of the state, we've only six people who have ever been shot to death by the guards. That's that's not bad. That's, that's a fairly decent record for our country. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. I-